Google is now ramping up its campaign against Bill C-11 with pop-up ads all over the place. The bill, known as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's internet censorship bill, will see the government manipulating online algorithms, the tech giant warns. People want answers over how a notorious anti-Semite was able to attend an event on Parliament Hill with members of Parliament, but so far, no one will admit to inviting him. While Justin Trudeau said no to providing natural gas to Germany, Qatar has rushed in to fill the void. A lost opportunity for this country? Hello Canada, it's Monday, December 5th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Jasmine Moulton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day in the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Google has accelerated its push to fight the legislation that's become known as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's online censorship bill. YouTube, which is owned by Google, has launched new pop-ups on its platforms to inform users about what they consider the harms of Bill C-11 in a campaign called Keep YouTube Yours. The pop-up reads, your YouTube feed is uniquely yours, but Bill C-11 could change that. In October, Google also published a blog post warning that the bill would require the company to manipulate its online algorithms based on government orders. Quote, in its current form, Bill C-11 would require YouTube to manipulate these systems and surface content according to the CRTC's priorities, rather than the interests of Canadian users, wrote the company. They continue, put into practice, this means that when viewers come to the YouTube homepage, they're served content that a Canadian government regulator has prioritized rather than content they are interested in. The ads are appearing everywhere online now, plus YouTube has taken out physical ads on outdoor billboards, throughout the Toronto subway system, and more. Jasmine, I find it really interesting that Bill C-11 is not just a controversy around, around partisans, opposition politicians, individual YouTubers, but tech giants themselves are wading into it. It's almost like everybody has a problem with this bill. It is good to see the tech giants pushing back, and hopefully this will open the eyes of some YouTubers who may not be as politically engaged. Certainly a lot of these large tech companies are centered in downtown cores of large urban centers, which tend to be more left-leaning, and certainly as Twitter has shown, there are questions of transparency that are quite valid about some of the stories that have been censored by these algorithms themselves. Yeah, it's interesting this is happening at a time when there's a lot of discussion about clamping down on tech giants more generally, lots of discussion about Elon Musk and Twitter, and here we have an example of tech giants fighting back and saying, no, the government is really being too aggressive with all of us. I I do think it's also interesting that they they really articulate what will practically happen uh, quite clearly, saying the YouTube homepage uh, will be rearranged such that it's content the government wants you to see rather than what you want to see or, or what this private company determines uh, they want to showcase for you. And of course, this is all happening against the backdrop of what's going on in China. And there is an awkward parallel between the Canadian government trying to censor what Canadians can see on social media. Canada is not China, but certainly there is an awkward parallel with what that government is doing. The controversy continues over an alleged anti-Semite and Holocaust denier who was invited to attend a supposed Canada-Palestine friendship event with members of parliament on Parliament Hill. MPs, including Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra, have issued statements denouncing the guest and saying they do not condone anti-Semitism. But so far, no one will take responsibility for having invited the man. 
Nazika Tatva publishes the Mississauga-based newspaper Meshwar, which has promoted Holocaust denial and anti-Semitism. He later issued a brief statement denying that he was in fact an anti-Semite. On November 23rd, a Meshwar article translated from Arabic described terror bombing attacks on Israeli civilians who were either murdered or maimed as, quote, beautiful. Liberal MP Salma Zahid, the chair of the group that hosted the event, offered the following statement, quote, the invitation was circulated widely within the Palestinian community and nearly 150 people attended. We are not able to research the history of every attendee. I have long been a voice against anti-Semitism and all forms of discrimination based on faith, unquote. Anthony, that's a bit of a difficult line to believe, given that some of the people in attendance were well known to this government, having been involved in scandals before. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about that? Well, definitely. I think after there were so many uh, headlines about the Laith Maruf scandal, a fellow who is pretty much a blatant anti-Semite receiving a lot of government funding to run unbelievably anti-racism workshops, despite his own flagrant statements, there was a lot of sensitivity around that issue. So you'd think, why are they repeating this again now? I mean, it's interesting to see this response from Liberal MP Salma Zihad saying the invitation was circulated widely within the Palestinian community. Therefore, it's only natural that one or two flagrant anti-Semites are going to show up. It's not exactly what she said, but that's almost the unintended subtext of all of that. So one still wonders, why are they not more cautious about all of this? Now, we also heard some rather eyebrow-raising statements come from the Green Party co-leader. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what happened there? You're right, Jasmine. Elizabeth May in hot water for what she had to say at that event. Take a listen to this. We take our marching orders, I do anyway, I shouldn't speak for everyone. I take my marching orders from the permanent representative of Palestine to Canada. So you're right, Jasmine, the attendee at the event was not the only controversial issue what Elizabeth May had to say as well, raising a lot of eyebrows. So that whole event, something of a mess. Germany has secured a long-term liquefied natural gas deal with Qatar only months after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau told the German Chancellor that supplying the European country with ethically sourced Canadian gas lacked, quote, a business case. The agreement with Qatar Energy will see Germany supplied with 2 million tons of LNG for 15 years, beginning in 2026. In August, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz paid Canada a diplomatic visit that involved seeking an energy deal with its ally. But at the time, Justin Trudeau questioned whether there was a, quote, worthwhile business case to begin exporting gas to Germany, which faces an energy crisis due to the repercussions of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Trudeau said there are a number of potential projects, including one in St. John and some others that are on the books, for which there has never been a strong business case because of the distance from the gas fields. Jasmine, it's interesting that we hear from the Liberal government a lot now that there is no business case, that this is not viable. But of course, that scenario has all arisen after the Liberal government has seemingly done things to make sure these projects are not viable, not championing different lines across the country and other proactive measures. Absolutely. A lot of these projects we've seen buried in regulation, uh, environmental concerns, consultations, that sort of thing. And of course, when the government makes statements like this or about their plans to get to net zero in the very near future, this serves to deter a lot of the necessary investment into the oil and gas sector in Canada. And of course, with this ESG movement as well, that is really not uh, helping the business case, as Trudeau claims. 
I mean, this really is a stark portrait of what happens when Canada does not export its natural resources. You have Germany going to Qatar. I, I feel like it's almost a, an A to B example here. If Canada had been able to fill this gap, we would not see this announcement with Qatar, a country that is regularly criticized for its human rights situation, a country that is considered, let's just say, not ethical oil in the same way that Canada's oil is, a country that's in there with Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for a whole lot of problems. Exactly. And there are a lot of concerns that have been raised about their violations of human rights leading up to hosting the FIFA World Cup. We've heard of a number of deaths and the construction of infrastructure, for example, in that country. And let's not forget that Qatar is an Islamist monarchy. Canada has an opportunity for increasing partnerships with like-minded allies across the globe. And it's really disappointing to see the lack of uh, ambition, certainly, or drive for our government to act on this front. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.